hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, ESPN Tucson. And we're back. <laughs> hour number two of Spears and Ali. Very abrupt. On ESPN Tucson, presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Easy for you to say. <laughs> Hour number two of Spears and Ali. Uh, we got two more hours left, and uh, we're going to talk to Jordan Ham from Sports 360 AZ coming up at 425. And then uh, Corey Williams, former Arizona Wildcat and ESPN college basketball analyst, will also be calling in. Uh, that will be at 525. He'll talk to us about uh, the, the cool NIL opportunities that involve the uh, Arizona Wildcats and how they're giving back to the community and getting involved with the uh, local youth here in town. And then uh, we'll also get his thoughts on the current state of the Arizona basketball program as well. And then, man, this uh, this whole story involving the Alabama basketball team, the, the capital murder charge, and now uh, current Alabama star Brandon Miller is involved in some way. He provided the weapon for the murder, but it's not charged with anything, is not suspended by the University of Alabama, and he gets to keep on playing. Uh, it's it's an interesting situation going on at Alabama. We'll, we'll talk about that uh, later on this hour. And then uh, we'll continue more Top 5 Tuesday today, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about Top 5 Arizona and ASU basketball players. And this isn't really like Top 5 per se. This is more like... Hey, if I were to create a five-on-five basketball game with all-time Arizona players, all-time ASU players, which 10 am I putting out on the court? And uh, Arizona, it's it's a little difficult uh, because, you know, you have all these great guards. And, of course, most recently, Arizona's kind of turned into forward U. So you have a lot of small forwards, power forwards, big men. And uh, it's really hard to choose five all-time Arizona Wildcats in the rivalry matchup. But I have my my lineup for both Arizona and ASU. I will reveal it at the end of this hour. And then, uh, you know, normally we give away things like we give, we've given away what Tucson Roadrunners tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also given away, I believe, gift certificates, which is a part of kind of like our Friday half-off deal uh, link. But it looks like we're giving away tickets to a Tucson craft beer crawl. The Tucson craft beer crawl, which is right up my alley. I don't know about you. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, man. We're giving those out this hour, Justin. A this, pair of tickets. This hour or, like, next hour? We could. I mean, we could do either, I guess. Because I'm thinking it's 5 o'clock somewhere. You might as well, well make, make it 5 o'clock in Tucson. Fair. <laughs> Right? Sure. <laughs> and give them, give them away at 5 o'clock. That's probably it's, how that works. It's, it's good happy hour time. So we're going to give away those tickets to the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Okay. I know people are, like, calling in right now, like, oh, I need this. I need this. No, it's a, it's a cool gift giveaway that we're doing, and it's uh, presented by Tucson Foodie. Tucson Foodie's putting this together, and the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl is going down – in downtown Tucson, I believe that's this Saturday. Saturday the 25th. Ooh, and the event starts at 1 p.m. Yeah. So if uh, you want to go get your drink on, 
make sure you tune in at the top of the, f- the 5 o'clock hour. We will be giving away a pair of digital tickets to the Tucson gra- uh, Graft. Look at this photograph! <laughs> Tucson Craft Beer Crawl. And uh, we're taking phone calls right now if you want to call into the show, 719-1490, 719-1490. Make sure you keep that phone number handy so when you call into the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour for that Tucson Craft Beer Crawl uh, ticket. Uh, all right, so we're, like I said, we're taking phone calls right now, 719-1490. We're going to start off this hour talking some Arizona Wildcats basketball. What a win for both programs. Arizona men's basketball sweeping the mountain schools, same with the women's basketball team. And uh, to me, I think the the women's basketball team and what they did was a little bit more impressive because <laughs> Utah was ranked number four in the AP Top 25 on Friday. They dethroned them. Nice little top five win for Adia Barnes and her club. It's a, a nice uh, r- uh, resume booster as you get ready for the postseason. And then you beat a, a top 25 Colorado team, still really good. Uh, considering you know what Arizona experienced last week, um, I think getting these two wins over ranked opponents gives them a little boost of confidence. And uh, they, they're certainly going to need it now because they're no longer playing at McHale Center for the rest of the season. The Arizona women's basketball team is either going to be on the road or neutral site games. Um, so it's going to be they're going to be road warriors here moving forward. Uh, again, if you want to call into the show, 719-1490, 719-1490. We are talking college basketball to start off hour number two. And it looks like we got Willis joining us on line one. What's up, Willis? How are you? Doing good. What do you got for us today? Hey, um, you know, when uh, when I heard Cronin come out and say that the uh, the rankings were comical, um, you know, I thought that he was trying to, you know, pump his guys up and keep them involved uh, because U of A has gotten, I don't know about the quad wins, I'm, you know, not up on all that, but, but we have a heck of a lot more good wins than what they do. Yes, yes. Over rank. Overranked Yes, Willis. Uh, yeah. When you yeah. when you look at like the the quad wins, Arizona they're like f- like six and two I think against quad one teams. So you you're six right. and two against quad one teams. Uh, the the Washington State loss. Washington State has now been moved to quad three. So it was once upon a time a quad four loss. It is now quad three. That's the worst loss Arizona has on the resume is a quad three loss. And you look at UCLA. I mean in in non conference play. Uh, they played against a Kentucky team that's pretty fragile. Uh, they beat Maryland at Maryland. Is that a good win? Uh, maybe. But then, you know, they had a chance to beat Baylor, lost to them. They also lost to Illinois. So they had their chance to get good wins, and they didn't get that. So I don't know why Mick Cronin's complaining about something. Well, you know, I, it, like you said, and what I thought, it's, not, it's just to keep the guys motivated. But yeah. You know, it's too bad you got to use stuff like that to get you guys motivated. You should be motivated as it is. But, um, and as far as uh, your pick for the Suns and in the NBA finals, yeah, that's a good pick. I'm I'm all aboard since, you know, KD came on board and haven't been a real big fan of his. Uh, haven't don't know a whole lot about him. You know, I know he's good. Yeah. But, um, you know, since you came over to the Suns, then, you know, I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, you're talking to a, a lifelong Lakers fan who 
always, in a way, kind of hated on LeBron a little bit just because of the whole Kobe versus LeBron conversation. And then once LeBron came to the Lakers, I was all for it. Well, that's like in uh, NASCAR. I don't know if you follow, but, you know, Kyle Busch was the one that, that, that everybody always hated on. But now that he's got that little Chevrolet bow tie on his uniform, he's driving a, a Chevrolet now, I can uh, I can honestly root for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Kyle, Kyle Busch, is he a Tucson native or is that Kurt Busch? N- no. Or they went to the U of A. Uh, Kurt Busch went to the U of A. That's right. They are from Las Vegas. That's right. Alex Bowman yeah. is the one who lives in Tucson. Yeah, he went to Ironwood. Pardon me? Yeah, he went to Ironwood Ridge High School, I believe. Yep. 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 Yep, friend of mine's good friends with Bob. So yeah, but um, yeah. And uh, what do you think about? And I know polls really don't matter. Yeah. But what do you think about Arizona just moving up one? I, I got to say, I was a little surprised by that. Um, now, granted, Colorado and Utah. I mean, Utah, I think, is an impressive win just because they're number three in the Pac-12. You beat that kind right. of opponent. I think you should move up a, a spot. But Colorado, to me, wasn't really that impressive win. I don't know. To me, I probably would have put Arizona maybe at number six or number five. But I certainly would have had a team like Purdue ranked below Arizona because it's insane the amount of losses that Purdue has had recently. And yet, for some reason, they're still just kind of chilling in the top five. It's insane. Well, yeah, exactly. What is it, three wins in the last week or two? Yeah. I mean, three losses in the last week or two? Yeah. And yet they're still oh, number know, five. Bad in their pockets, right? Yeah, ex- well, and if Arizona, if they lost three games, I mean, are we talking about them being what? Twenty, twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd, yeah, we'd be way down there. So, but that's okay. Like we discussed before, it's billboard material, and exactly, you know, it's all good. Exactly, so. Willis. Always appreciate right, your guys. phone calls. Great to hear from you. Have yep. a great rest of your week, my man. Great to hear from Willis, as always. And it's always great to hear from our listeners. So if you just want to call in and talk it up with us, get some airtime, talk some Arizona basketball, 719-1490, 719-1490 is that phone number. You know, when I hear Mick Cronin complain about UCLA and their seating and where they're positioned, to me it just get, it, it gives me little man syndrome. <laughs> like, like why <laughs> – why can't we – the guy that's always, like, shaking his fist, just so upset about everything. And it's like, dude, you got a top five team in the country. If you just keep winning – and, hey, you're going to get your big wins. You had a chance in during non-conference against Baylor, against Illinois. You certainly had it earlier in the season when you guys came down to Tucson and you lost to the Arizona Wildcats. Like, UCLA's had their chance to get big wins, and yet they didn't – they didn't capitalize on them. And that's why the NCAA committee, they look at your entire body of work. And UCLA just doesn't have the sexy resume. They really don't. But moving forward, you have Arizona to end the season at Poly. You beat Arizona then. And then if you beat Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament, beating Arizona twice to end the season, those are impressive wins that the committee is not going to scoff at. So Mick Cronin, stop complaining realize that this is how the committee views you and then get those wins later on but how he's complaining about it and maybe saying oh you know is it because you know we're going to the big 10 you know the the committee doesn't like us and then you know he i think he referred to the fact that uh 
that Dave Hickey, the Arizona athletic director, is a part of the committee for the first year. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that whenever they talk about Arizona, Dave Hickey is not allowed to be around. So not really sure what the hell Mick Cronin is is getting at. But like I said, it just it's little man syndrome. It's the, the dude that's just always shaking his fist, just upset about something. That's that's kind of how Mick Cronin has been. Hey, good college basketball coach. I will say that. Very tough, tough-nosed guy, knows his stuff, kind of like his old-school look, right? Nowadays, coaches wear those quarter-zip pullovers that I really love because you can be comfortable and look like you got your stuff together. But Mick Cronin, man, he's rocking that three-piece suit looking fly. Um, I can res- I can respect that. But getting upset about mid-season NCAA tournament seating, it's just it's a waste of breath, man. I don't know why he's so upset. But uh, how does the committee look at Arizona? They view them as the sixth overall team in the field, the number two team out west, the number one seed being the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, So I think Arizona is in a perfect spot right now. Um, They have a chance to maybe climb up to a number one seed if things all go well, like if they win ASU week, if they, which is this week on Saturday, if they, you know, beat the LA schools on the road and then they do some damage in the Pac-12 tournament and end up winning that whole thing, yeah, I could absolutely see the Arizona Wildcats potentially creeping up to a number one seed. But I think getting a two seed, staying out west, if you, if they get Kansas in their region, that'd be money. I would absolutely love to see that. Now, the, the worst thing for Arizona to have happened to them in the NCAA tournament when it comes to seeding is if Xavier is somehow involved. If Xavier is like the... The six seed, and Arizona's the two seed, and it's like, oh man, eventually they're, they're going to have to face each other in like the Sweet Sixteen. There can be only one. There can only be one. That would be interesting for us, but I feel so bad for Tommy Lloyd and Sean Miller um, in that case. But um, I think Arizona's in a really good spot right now, and you know what, Arizona, they looked pretty good this weekend, and Azulis Tubelis was pretty mild for the most part. Like Azulis Tubelis wasn't putting up crazy numbers. Um, I know he scored in double figures uh, to end the game on Saturday, but, you know, Azulis Tabellas over the last few games, you know, normally he plays right around 30 minutes per contest. And in the last three games, he's only averaged 19.7 minutes. And it's mostly due to foul trouble. He picks up, you know, silly fouls. And then he had that technical foul against, was it Utah? When he just picked up the ball and kicked it into the stands yeah, you're not you're not supposed to do that. And then when he did that, it got him out of the game, and he was sitting for a good majority of it. Now it's really good because Arizona, or I wouldn't say really good, what Tommy Lloyd called it as a blessing in disguise, because with Azul Subelas dealing with the foul trouble, it allowed Arizona to kind of toy around with some lineups, and they put Pell Larson and Cedric Henderson at the four and the five, and that's not the first time that Arizona's done that, but you're starting to see it more often. Like, when it first happened a couple of weeks ago, everyone, like, grabbed each other, like, oh, my gosh, Azuz Tabellas and Umar Balo are both on the bench, and there's not a player taller than 6'7 on the court right now. Oh, my goodness, what is going on right now with Arizona? And it's kind of starting to become a common theme now uh, whenever Azuz Tabellas and or Umar Balo gets into foul trouble. And I think that Pell Larson and uh, Cedric Henderson are doing a solid job in their roles I mean, not just 
you know Henderson going into the starter, but Pell Larson and Pell Larson going into his six man role. But when they're on the floor together in those forward positions, man, they're so aggressive. I use a lot of backdoor cuts. They set a lot of screens, and they're drawing a lot of contact and getting clean looks at the rim. Cedric Henderson had 15 points against Colorado. You know Pell Larson. You want to know how much he had. Pella Larson finished the game with 11 points on two shot attempts. He only took two shot attempts, but he was 9 for 11 from the free throw line. And he also had five assists and five rebounds. So he was aggressive. That is the Pella Larson that they need moving forward. How Cedric Henderson kind of took the veteran responsibility into providing the scoring spark. When Arizona was struggling to get anything going offensively, Cedric Henderson was that guy who answered the bell for the Arizona Wildcats and sparked Umar Balo having another double-double. I believe that's his 10th of the season when he had 18 points and a career-high 16 rebounds. And then um, Pella Larson, like I said, you know, and uh, Cordy Ramey, you know, even though he had a bad game shooting the ball, he was just 2 for 10, still had 5 rebounds and 5 assists and just one turnover. And I thought it was a, an asset for Arizona on Saturday. So... And also, it was really cool to see the the faces at McHale this past weekend. Um, for the men's games, you know, you had Zeke Naji, Josh Green, a couple members of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, Ronnie Turiaf, NBA journeyman, was just chilling in the back of the press conference room, had no idea he was in town. Budenholzer. Uh, Mike Budenholzer, the Bucks head coach. Uh, ben Matherin, Dale and Terry, Justin Kyer, Christian Coloco. All these guys came back. Kerry Strug, Olympic gold medalist, was in attendance for the game, so it was a it's like a, a who's who at McHale Center over the weekend. It was really cool to see. And then, of course, you know you have the the women's basketball team just absolutely dominating. And Shayna Pellington, her 35 point performance got her not only Pac-12 Player of the Week but National Player of the Week too. So both uh, Arizona basketball programs playing some some good ball right now. Uh, we'll talk more about all of those things uh, coming up at the. Uh, top of the five o'clock hour, but uh, coming up next, we still got to get into that Alabama basketball story. Uh, what's been uh, going on with that with their program? Because it's unreal, man. Uh, a player's charged with capital murder, and another player was just discovered that he provided the weapon. His teammate gave him the gun for the murder. So it's a uh, it's it's an interesting, it is an interesting situation. Do you think uh, do you think they can plead roll tide? Oh man, I don't. I don't think they can. I don't think they can, but maybe they can in the state of Alabama. I don't know, but it's it's not a good situation. I'll tell you that. All right, coming up next, let's uh, talk to Jordan Ham from Sports 360 AZ. He's going to talk to us about ASU basketball because the Wildcats they have the Sun Devils this week, so we're going to get a behind the scenes look at what's going on with the ASU Sun Devils as of late. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. And we're back. Still no music. Still dealing with those technical difficulties. But we're still back here on ESPN Radio. You're listening to Spears and Ali. Uh, Don't forget, coming up at the uh, top of the 5 o'clock hour, we have a pair of digital tickets to give away for the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl that's going down in uh, downtown Tucson this Saturday. But uh, let's talk some basketball and other things with Jordan Ham from Sports 360 AZ. Jordan, always a pleasure talking with you. How's it going, my friend? 
I'm doing great. It was great to see you this weekend, man. It was, man. Uh, seeing you certainly was among the highlights of my weekend, and I got to get your thoughts on it. How was it like being back in McHale Center, and uh, what did you make of how Arizona performed this weekend? Yeah, it's, you know, McHale is always impressive. Um, and especially when it's, you know, you can kind of feel a, a different kind of buzz in the stadium, um, especially as it's getting closer and closer to the Pac-12 tournament. Um, and, you know, it's, it was one of those, uh, weekends where, um, I think you have to feel pretty good if you're a, a Wildcat men's basketball fan. And, uh, because they're, you know, for, for so, uh, much early on in this season, uh, you know, it was the Tubelis show. Like mm-hmm. he was putting up these massive numbers and, you know, kind of doing whatever he wanted. And, you know, the past couple games has kind of struggled and, you know, had some foul trouble and, you know, this and that. And they've just found different ways to win um, and win pretty handedly. You know, it it was an unnotable weekend. And that was a good thing when you're playing the mountain schools in the Pac-12 because, you know, you know, it, it's really easy to let one slip against Colorado. Like they, they're just a team that, you know, it, it seems like every year steals one or two games in this Pac-12 slate. So um, for them to really just take care of business, focus, um, you know, on ASU and then a big um, LA weekend of the following week, like I think they're, they're in pretty good standing right now to really focus up and make that late playoff push. Yeah. You know, I once thought that the, the Pac-12 player of the year race was like hands down, you give it to Azulus Tubelas. I mean, especially after he put up 40 points, uh, most recently, mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago, I thought, man, that right there is his final stamp on Pac-12 Player of the Year. But, man, he's really fallen off the last few games. And, I mean, it's not, like, you know, totally uh, derailed. Like, Azulis Tubelis is, you know, still putting up, like, he put up double figures against Colorado. But, you know, he's only playing 19 minutes a game, and it's because he's getting into foul trouble. So, with kind of mild play of Azulis Tubelis, you have to think – Maybe the Pac-12 Player of the Year race isn't as clear-cut as it once was because I got to give you know a lot of credit to Jaime Jaquez. He's been balling out the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, you have a couple guys on, on UCLA. Certainly, you know, Tiger Campbell is another one. I I don't have his numbers in front of me, but um, you know, in in, bo- in all the games I've seen against the Arizona schools with him, like he's been super impressive. And you know, I think that's just the it's a long season. Um, you know, how much are people going to, uh, fo- you know, on one hand, it's like, yeah, he had, uh, Zoo had double-digit scoring in just 19 minutes. You know, that's pretty darn impressive. But on the other hand, it's he only played 19 minutes. So, yeah. uh, you know, you, it, you know, in the voting and everything, you can always kind of twist yourself into not, think, you know, trying to overthink things and that sort of thing. But I have a feeling, you know, he gets he gets on the right track here, you know, the last three games of the, the regular season. I'm sure it's going to be yeah. uh, probably a, another clear-cut winner. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of options throughout the conference. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Jordan, let's talk about uh, ASU basketball now. Uh, you know, how do you when – you, when you take a, a step back and you look at, you know, from a bird's-eye view of the entire era of ASU basketball under Bobby Hurley, how would you summarize it? I think the – floor under Bobby Hurley and this ASU program raised significantly. Um, you know, if you think back, like Herb Sendek had some, some really good years, but you know, most of those years were linked to James Harden. Um, and then before that, Rob Evans, you know, longtime coach, but especially, you know, those kind of end years, like it was, it was pretty rough. And, you know, ASU was considered a lower tier um, team. You know, it, it's one of those things now where, um, it, you know, if not for COVID, 
ASU would have had three straight trips to the NCAA tournament. I know plenty of Tucson people will scoff at that, being like, oh, it was just playing games and everything like that. But, like, that was kind of the new standard that he was able to build. Um, you know, there were plenty of seasons where they had some big non-conference wins, um, and then it kind of got to the Pac-12 play, and they would fall off a little bit. Um, you know, I think roster construction for Bobby Hurley has been really in- important, and I think he's evolved in that way. Because when it was guard you, you had guys like Cody Justice, you know, guarding, uh, you know, Lowry Markinen. And, you know, like uh, essentially a point guard, like going so small because they just didn't have the depth. I think he's been able to um, evolve in that way. Um, and, you know, in, in some ways in his play calling, I still I, I still feel like there's a, some, some areas where he needs to um, continue to do that, specifically on the offensive side. But, you know, he's always – these teams have always been known for great defense. Um, but, you know, especially going into this year um, – there were some high expectations. I think at some points in the season, they certainly exceeded it. Um, and then they've had just some rough weekends. Um, so it feels like they're kind of right back into the middle of the pack where a lot of people had them um, slated. But, you know, a good couple of weekends, they could be a top four seed here in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, so who knows? But obviously that's against arguably the three best programs uh, in the in the conference. Like to me, it just seems like, the Bobby Hurley era has been a lot of Jekyll and Hyde. Like one, you think, man, mm-hmm. they're going to have a, a, a really good team this year, and then they disappoint, and then they have some impressive wins, and then all of a sudden they fall off. I just, it's it's really hard. Honestly, to me, to be honest with you, Jordan, I feel like Bobby Hurley's days are numbered at ASU, and I feel like the next gig that he gets, he's going to get it and thrive. Yeah, you know, I I think it's one of those things where. Um, you know, like you said, Jekyll and Hyde in the, in the way that it's like, you know, they're a, a below average three point team, yet the players that are brought in, like naturally just go to shooting three pointers. Um, yet they struggle. Um, and it, you know, a lot of times it's, it's a closer game than it needs to be. Um, you know, I, I have heard some people say, you know, especially after this Colorado loss, um, you know, maybe it's time to move on from Hurley. I, I don't think that should be the case. Um, I think, you know, give him at least one more year Um, because, again, with this transfer portal, I think, you know, some coaches kind of had to figure it out. And he, uh, you know, a lot of times in previous years, we were hearing about the transfer portal because ASU players were entering the transfer portal. They weren't coming in. Uh, And he was able to really, I think, adjust accordingly this offseason and bring in some really good players. Um, so give him another year to do that and, and continue to evolve. Um, but I think also his support staff is really important. And maybe getting one of those offensive-centric assistants could do a lot of good for him as well. So spring training is coming up, Jordan. I know baseball is uh, very near and dear to your heart. What's what's the vibes up there like right now with spring training? And uh, how do you view the Arizona Diamondbacks going into this season? Yeah, it's been uh, you know it's kind of whirlwind. We just a couple weeks ago we we're talking Super Bowl and waste management open, and then literally the next week it was like, all right, pitchers and catchers are reporting, and here we go. And <laughs> feels like it kind of flew under the radar the, those first couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think for the Diamondbacks it's going to be I think a really big year. Um, a lot of these high profile prospects that they were able to bring in got some games under their belt last year, and now it's. Let's play with some expectations um, and, you know, see what Corbin Carroll can do with a full season. See what Alex Thomas can do. Um, you know, kind of, they, they made some, some smaller deals, um, but 
have, have brought in some definitely interesting pieces for sure. Um, especially like, uh, you know, some of the, the players that they were able to trade for, for Dalton Varsho. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that, that could look to be a trade that, you know, works out pretty well, both in the short term and the long term form. I think it's, you know, it, it's going to come down to the bullpen, much like it does every year um, for these teams. Um, and then the starting pitching. I feel like the starting pitching overachieved a little bit last year. Not much, not many changes were made. And I think it's because they feel pretty good about some young arms that could come in and, um, you know, slot in as that fifth starter. Um, but the, the the bullpen is really where, uh, you know, it, it's, it's something that Mike Hayes enhances every offseason, but especially this one, yeah. um, just because of how much that, that unit struggled. So if they're able to figure that out, I think that they, you know, it's a tough, tough division, obviously, with some big spenders in that division. But we've seen teams like this, you know, string a couple streaks together and, you know, they're playing meaningful baseball in October. Um, so just to think from a couple of years ago, how bad this team was like, that's a, that's a great turnaround in just two years to be, um, you know, have some ex- expectations and, you know, potentially be in a position to maybe nab a wild card spot. Jordan, I saved the, the best for last or the, the, the best question for last, because I just noticed that it was your uh, one year anniversary most recently. So congratulations yes, on one was. year of marriage, my man. And, you know, with our very own Andrew Trujillo, our show producer, um, he's getting married very soon. He's currently engaged. So as a man who's been at it for a year now, what piece of advice would you, would you offer Andrew Trujillo before he gets married? Um, I would say, and this might be specific to my wife, always keep the fridge stocked with great ice cream options, with great options to kick your feet up. I mean, Justin, you know me, I'm a food guy, so yeah. it's always going to come back to food. But, um, yeah, as you kind of navigate into those next chapters, maybe, you know, buying a house or something we did in the past year or two, it's, it's been good, like, on the long, crazy days, just be able to kick your feet up, you know, have some Ben and Jerry's ready or have, uh, you know, a, a Frosty waiting for, um, you know, when she gets home from work. So uh, I think that's the uh, the piece of advice that maybe it's just <laughs> – we're two food centric people, so maybe that's so, a little a little specific for this particular couple. So when you go on Wendy's and you and you're in the drive thru and you're getting a frosty to the Wendy's employees like, ah, wife had a bad day, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh she she's working late, isn't she? <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Ham for Sports three sixty A Z joining Spears at Ali on ESPN radio. Hey Andrew, hope you're taking notes over there, man. Absolutely. Keep the ice cream stocked in that there fridge. Ice cream sandwiches in the fridge <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm uh, also an eight year old, so you know. <laughs> Hey man. You're ta- you're talking to a, a grown man who still eats dino nuggets, so don't even worry about it. Um, nothing wrong with that. You can follow Jordan on Twitter at Jordy Ham and you can find all of his work on college sports, you know, one of the best journalists around. Check out all of his work at sports360az.com. Jordan, you're the man. Always appreciate you. Thank you as always. Absolutely. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right. We still have a pair of digital tickets to give away for the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl. I almost said Craft Beer Bar Crawl, but it's just the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl. And uh, it's presented by Tucson Foodie. And they have amazing options, and it's going to be an amazing time this Saturday in downtown Tucson. So if you want those tickets, make sure you stay tuned because we're giving away a pair at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, But coming up next on ESPN Tucson, man, this Alabama basketball story is absolutely crazy. We'll talk about that coming up next. 
Back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. And we're back. Spears and Ali, ESPN <laughs> Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, and the Spears and Ali podcast. I don't know. I'm kind of digging the the fast bumpers or no bumpers, well, I should say. Don't get used to it because I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I also, our listeners, they enjoy the they music too. The standard. Man. They do. There is a certain standard. We can't play it on the podcast anymore. So damn it, I want to make sure we play it on the air. And this mm. computer just decided to not be a computer today. So apparently it's on a four-day holiday weekend. Yeah. Now three-day. Yeah, yeah, so it's Vice President's Day today. <laughs> so shout out to all the vice presidents. Yep. In in years past, mm-hmm. how many vice presidents can you name? Uh, Joe Biden. Some. Dick Cheney. Most recently. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna see a bunch of vice presidents. I'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot that guy was a vice president. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, today's Vice President's Day, and our computer decided to. Uh, Take the day off, yep. but we're working on it. Well, we're, it's actually International Pancake Day, so it's probably off for that. Going off to IHOP mm-hmm. and ordering pancakes and water and tipping their waiter $1. Yes, I'm not bitter don't, about it. Don't be that guy. Yeah, I mean, I've experienced it, man. It's It sucks. Like, we're, we're in there, like, just, we're in there serving up pancakes like it's Popeye's just before the pandemic, when that whole chicken sandwich craze was going on. <laughs> And people were just lining up at the door to, to, to Popeyes. And those poor Popeyes workers were so overworked, just slinging out um, chicken sandwiches. And that's how I felt on International Pancake Day in college when I was a waiter at IHOP. So if you're going out to get some pancakes, just tip your waiter, be friendly, and realize that, yeah, all that pancake batter that's smothered all over their shirt, it's because they've been at it for several hours before you got here. So be mindful. Tip your waiters today when you go. Shove your faces full of pancakes. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk some more college basketball because this this story is absolutely crazy. And you know, you know, we we heard about it uh, what a couple weeks ago when when it broke that Alabama star basketball player uh, Darius Miles has been charged with capital murder. And I, when I saw the name Darius Miles, I almost had to do a double take. Because the Darius Miles that I know played for the Clippers. Played, he was a he was an NBA player who was a, a stud. He was actually in a, like a couple of movies. Like Darius Miles, like real NBA, real basketball fans know about Darius Miles and his impact on the game. But I saw that name Darius Miles, and I was like, wait, what? And then, and then I continue reading. It said Alabama's Darius Miles. Well, he was charged with uh, capital murder for killing a young woman i believe um the woman he killed um is 23 years old she was just 23 years old and had a had a child and this was a young mother um who was tragically murdered on the campus of the university of alabama and uh we we see here uh, was it earlier today that somebody reported i think it's nick kelly uh, he reported that the bond has been denied for Darius Miles by the district court judge after today's hearing. And then during today's hearing, it was revealed that current Alabama forward 
Brandon Miller actually provided the gun to Darius Miles. The the weapon that was used in the murder, it belonged to Brandon Miller, and then he gave it to Darius Miles. And you look at the text messages, they, and they went and discussed it during the, the court hearing today, and there's a text message from Darius Miles to Brandon Miller. And the the conversation it starts off with Darius Miles asking him, hey, can you bring that gun? Can you bring your gun? I need, I need it. And Brandon Miller was like, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring it to you. Just let me know where. And the location uh, of, you know, where it all happened, Brandon Miller shows up. And then he leaves a text message to Darius Miles and says, the heat is in the hat, meaning the gun is nearby. The, the weapon is, is inbound. That's, that's what it means. And then a follow-up question said, and I quote, there's one in the head, meaning that there is one in the chamber and one ready to go. You know, I am I'm bothered by this because Brandon Miller wasn't charged. And, you know, you look at the, the whole situation and, you know, Tuscaloosa PD even said, like, what can we charge him with? Like, we, we looked at all the evidence. He didn't know that this was going to take place. But if you're the if you have a gun and you have a friend who asks you for that gun, aren't you going to ask why? Why do you need it? But apparently since Brandon Miller was totally oblivious to all of it and just said, yeah, I'll give you my gun. Here you go. That he's not going to get charged with it. But you look at the text messages. The heat is in the hat. There's one in the head. Like, like those messages right there should at least get you suspended for the whole year by the Alabama basketball team. And Nate Oates, the Alabama basketball coach, said that Brandon Miller was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. Wrong wrong place at the wrong time. So, wait, you knew that Brandon Miller was, like, somewhat involved in this? And Nate Oates said, yeah, we knew about that. We can't control everything. Everybody does – outside of practice or we can't we can't control everything everybody does outside of practice nobody knew that was going to happen college kids are out brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble nor is he is he in any type of trouble in this case just in the wrong spot at the wrong time how could you say that as a coach like this guy is an accomplice to murder there's a young woman who is a daughter who's a uh, maybe a sister of someone a friend a mother a mother and she she no longer gets to live over what Darius Miles did. And the reason why it happened was because of the gun that Brandon Miller provided him. No suspension by the University of Alabama, nothing. Now, this could be just a, a, a huge mistake by Brandon Miller. But you know what? This mistake cost the life of someone else. And you have to pay the consequences in some shape or form. Darius Miles, he's going to face the consequences through the judicial system. Like the justice system, that's going to take care of itself for Darius Miles. Obviously, he didn't he was denied bond. He's going to get he's going to get dealt with, right? But for Brandon Miller, man, he he's not suspended, not any sort of punishment. He just gets to continue to play basketball. How can you how can you justify that if you're the University of Alabama? And I'm wondering 
what's Greg Byrne going to do? The former Arizona athletic director who's now the AD at the University of Alabama. Like they ha- He has to be involved. The university president has to be involved. And they have to find a way to punish Brandon Miller. And you know what? The, the punishment, what it should be, is that you remove him from the basketball team. Sorry. Like, until all of this is over with and concluded, and it's for sure you're, you're, you're in the clear, which is, isn't going to happen, when that, when that happens, then we'll, we'll maybe allow you to come back um, to, to the team. But he provided the freaking weapon, and now he just gets to, to still play basketball. This is, this is so frustrating. And, and Nate Oates is like, no, no, he's at the wrong place at the wrong time. You know what? You want to know why I, I think Nate Oates really isn't taking it that seriously? Because look at what Brandon Miller is doing this season. He's putting up 18.7 points, eight rebounds and nearly two assists per game. Oh, and by the way, he is the star player on the team that's, what, number ranked number two in college basketball right now? They're among the, the favorites to win the national championship. So Nate Oates, to me, in my, in my personal opinion, and I think Nate Oates is a great coach. You know, go back and look at, uh, at what uh, he did in the first round of the tournament with uh, Buffalo against Arizona and DeAndre Ayton. Like, Nate Oates is, is a solid coach. But man, you're you're valuing winning a national championship right now. You're valuing winning on a basketball court over what is right. And what is right is that you should remove Brandon Miller at least for the season. But no. And right now, if Brandon Miller continues to be a part of the program, Alabama, they might end up shutting down the whole season. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but it's not a good look. And I, I hope it's worth it. If you end up winning a national championship, I honestly, I hope it's worth it because to me, a life isn't worth it. Uh, what do you think about this subject? Feel free to call in at 719-1490, 719-1490. We're taking phone calls, and we're wrapping up hour number two coming up next. Now, more of Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. And we're back. Wow, what a weird, uh, what a weird Spears and Ali today. No music, just bare bones as it gets. We should be back up by tomorrow, though. I hope. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, we'll see. But hey, I'm I'm getting used to it. It, it was a little rough at first, but yeah, I like uh, getting back into the show, just cannonballing. Right? We don't have to, you know, when we have the music, it's like when you're at the beach and you're just slowly walking out to the ocean. And the water gets deeper and deeper. No, this way, it's like we're not going into the ocean from the shoreline. We're going to the pier, and then we're running and we're jumping right into the water. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. But it's it's cool, man. I like Which is it. Far more dangerous. Yes, and more <laughs> exciting though. Um, but yes, more definitely more dangerous. Um, all right, so we were just talking about the whole Brandon Miller situation at the University of Alabama. He provided the gun. For uh, Darius Miles, who then used it in a, a murder, where he was charged with capital murder. And that whole situation it continues to just absolutely unravel. And n- now I mean, we discovered that it wasn't just Brandon Miller. It was, uh, was it Jaden Jaden Bradley was a, another guy from yep. Alabama who was at the scene of the crime there? Yep. His car got struck by gunfire. Or, uh, no, it was Brandon, Brandon Miller's car Miller's got struck car by gunfire. Got hit by two bullets, according to the detective working the case. Wow. That's 
insane, man. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in college basketball before. Uh, and, you know, we spoke to Bruce Pascoe, and he said, I mean, I've written about guys getting pulled over, and then police will find a gun in their glove compartment, but never anything like actually murdering somebody. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's wild, man. Um, but, all right, I'll uh, I'll end it on this. We're going to uh, take our Top 5 Tuesday segment, and uh, we're going to move it to the top of the 5 o'clock hour. That's when we're giving away the pair of digital tickets to the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl this Saturday. So make sure you tune in for your chance to win those tickets. Also, listen for uh, our Top 5 Tuesday segment with the with five best Arizona Wildcats and five best ASU Sun Devils. If we're making a lineup of the best Wildcats and the best Sun Devils to go up against each other. And this is tough because you got to leave out some players, right? You have to think about forwards, centers, guards. This is the, the ideal lineup that you would want in an Arizona versus ASU basketball game. So I'm going to give away my list for Arizona and ASU at the uh, top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll also get an update on Arizona Wildcats in the NBA. Now that All-Star Weekend it has officially wrapped up. And Charles Barkley, man, he had a lot of interesting things to say about the uh, the city of Salt Lake City in the state of Utah, which unfortunately we can't play because our computer system is down. We'll play on tomorrow. Great. We'll play on tomorrow. We'll play tomorrow. But I will uh, leave you with this to end hour number two. I think the uh, the best thing that I saw this weekend I was actually personally involved. Um, I went out to I went out to Fred Anke, went out to to uh, play a quick round of golf. It was very impromptu. Like I just wanted to go out there and golf on President's Day, but of, of course it's President's Day. Everybody and their mother's freaking golfing in Tucson. So I was like, is there any way I can get on just by myself? And uh, the guy at Fred Anke said, yeah, uh, probably around 3:40. Is that good for you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, but you can only play nine holes. And I'm like, that's totally fine. And I go out there, and there's a group of three guys in front of me, and I kept catching them because obviously I'm playing by myself. So it's busy on the golf course. I go out there, and right around, like, the the third hole, one of the guys goes, hey, you you just want to play with us? And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem, if you guys don't mind. And they introduced themselves, and then there was another guy. um, He's from South Korea, and he says, he's like, hi, my name's Park. And... uh, Park and I, we were just talking. We were trying to figure out, you know, what what we did for for work. And I told him, like, oh, so I host radio on because obviously his English isn't the best. So I was like, I host radio on ESPN Radio. And he's like, you host on ESPN? And I, and I said, yeah, I'm also a sports writer. And he's like, I'm a sports writer from Korea. Uh, Korean baseball teams are in Arizona for spring training, the KBO. Really? And I'm in town. Covering them. I didn't know that. That's and, and, dope. And, which I think is super cool. And uh, Bung Young Kim, the guy uh, who helped the D-backs win the World Series in 2001, he's in town talking to the Korean baseball teams. He's a D-backs legend, and he's giving back to Korean baseball teams. But it was just so cool. Like, just joined a threesome. Yeah. And the, one of the guys was like, hey, I'm from Korea. I'm a sports writer. Dude, I'm a sports writer, too. You've never watched so Korean cool. baseball. That stuff's awesome. It's the best, man. It's absolutely the best. All right, hour number three of Spears and Ali coming up next. Stay tuned.